0: Hey everyone, um welcome to Mental Health in Tech. Uh, so this is Scott Fenter. I am joined by Scott Nettling uh, as usual. And then oh man, like this is the weird part where I never confirmed actually that I can pronounce your name correct because <laughs> you know, we just started <laughs> when, when when we when when we started the call. We just started chatting right away. Is it Darko?
1: It is. It's it's basically <sighs> How it's written i I tell people that Eastern Europeans don't have any imagination, so it's how it's written okay. is how it's pronounced, yeah
0: okay, okay, cool, all right, so you're not getting like any shulks or yeah, no, I, no no that's no. one I tend to okay yeah. okay, yeah. cool well so so yeah, okay, we have confirmed darker. (laughs) Um, So yeah, so he's going to be joining us today. Um, This is the very first one we're recording for this year. And yeah, and and we're just going to be chatting a bit about mental health and so forth, uh, specifically in the world of tech. Um, So I don't have much in terms of introductions for him. I, I, I think it basically goes along the lines of, you know, so we're both on ZIT, um and there's a mental health channel. And I, I think, you know, like, uh, we've had some discussions on there. Um, and, you know, and then at some point, I just thought like, hey, you know, maybe he'd be keen to just come chat to us on on the podcast. So, you know, that that's about the context that there is. So I'm I'm keen to learn a bit more in terms of, you know, kind of your background. I know we do chat quite a bit on front end stuff as well um, on ZITech. So yeah, like, uh, but I, I think like, I'll leave most of it up to you to kind of just disclose as we go. So one thing we tend to do um, that we started doing uh, that kind of uh, I, I think our very first guest Gideon um, actually introduced us to and then we just kept on doing it um, is we we tend to start these sessions with just like a moment of kind of like openness and vulnerability and just kind of acknowledging like where we're at and how we're feeling and, 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 and so forth. So yeah, I'm I'm happy to start with that. Um, and I think then I'll, I'll just hand over to Scott Nietling And then um, I think we can just hand over to you, Darko. And um, you can maybe just kind of also take stock of where you're at and how you're feeling and also kind of who you are and just give a bit of background. And, and then we can take it from there. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's, this is probably the... The one where I'm the most ambivalent um, that we've recorded th- thus far in terms of like where I'm at emotionally, um, you know, like lots of good things, also just lots of very stressful things um, in terms of just like the realities of having a family and paying mm-hmm. a bond and having to work for a living and all those things Um and also, I just realized uh, a couple, like, like maybe a couple of hours ago, that I forgot to take my meds today, um, which is sucky because I, I tend to start feeling like, hey, man, why am I feeling so weird? Like, why? And then I'm like, oh, shit. And, um, but then it's usually like, I can't take it too late in the day. Otherwise, I've learned the hard way. I can't sleep. I can't sleep at all. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. So, a bit kind of edgy and, but, I don't know, feeling a bit, in Afrikaans, you would say bruis, um, brittle. Um, and uh, But interestingly enough, um, I can deal with that because it has like a very fixed timeline. And it's like, cool, like if I take my meds again tomorrow, like it's going to be better. So I'm like, yeah, just, just deal with it, which you know, is, is is maybe even something worth talking about is that dynamic of it's very easy to deal all things if it has a finite time, and it's not like, is this going to be the rest of my life? Um, but anyway, sure, that was a massive monologue. Okay, Skulk Niedling, okay. I'm happy to hand over to you and for you to kind of give a bit of an overview of maybe quickly who you are and how you're doing.
2: Cool. Thanks, Skulk. Um, Yeah, so... The other half of the Mental Health in Tech podcast uh, is called Nietlung. I do get also the Shalks and stuff, which is fine. I also get Nietling, which is fine. Um, but yeah, the Afrikaans, I guess, pronunciation is Skalk Nietlung. So So, uh, but yeah, who I am, like, it's changed in the last couple of months. <laughs> but generally, I am a person who likes tech um i am specifically or particularly um excited and passionate about accessibility and about open source and about how communities can help one another lift one another up um i love podcasts i love making them i have too many of them probably but that's okay and um yeah, I mean, as of late November last year, I joined a startup uh, called Boxy HQ and doing a whole bunch of stuff around security, specifically focused on enterprise, SSO, directory sync, that kind of stuff. Um, very cool. I'm really enjoying it. And because it's a startup, it's fun because you get to do everything. Um, all their skills is useful. <laughs> We're like six people. So, you know, like if you can do a thing, do it. Um, So yeah, it's fine. I'm learning a lot about stuff that I wish I, that I probably should have known before I tried to do my own startup, which is cool. So now I'm learning that stuff, but yeah. So emotionally and that kind of stuff, not too bad. Um, the four months or so after I left Mozilla in late July last year was, that was not cool at all. Like, um, I, went in, I I got myself into a financial situation that I never want to be in again ever. I'm still not entirely sure how the hell it happened, but there it is. Um, I'm kind of still digging myself out of it. But um, now that I have something that, you know, I, a predictable income every month, that helps a hell of a lot. So other than that, really, I'm doing really well. I can't complain. Um, I'm wishing for the end of January, if people understand that. It's... Uh, one of those things, um, but uh, once we get around the 25th of January, I'll start. I'll start enjoying 2024 a little bit more. Um, other than that, I can't complain. I'm, I'm doing pretty good. So I'm super keen to learn more about Darko and like um, everything that you've done, where you're at, and um, your thoughts and feelings on tech, and then how we take care of our mental health in this crazy, fast-moving, unpredictable space. So with that, I'm going to hand over to Darko.
1: Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I I think on just to on the joke about name pronunciation. Um, I I came here when I was ten years old to South Africa, and you name it, I've I've heard it all, right? Lito, um, um man, there's there's been there's been so many uh, South Af- oh, kids 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 are mean <laughs> um so i've I, it's you know and eventually um kind of the name that i like i i used to dislike it you know like it used to like be a problem like ugh, like you know why like why do we come here why is my name so stupid and then as I got older, I kind of just started owning it and you know it's now almost like a personal brand and I, I kind of enjoy it and I like it when people mispronounce it you know then it's it's sort of like a way in or, or like an icebreaker so I'm a, I you know I do enjoy it when when people do make an effort. Um, let me not get you started on my surname um, but you guys mentioned um, the, the mispronunciation and recently I got into a TV show called The Americans. I'm not sure if you guys have heard about it and I am I'm at that part of the show where they are helping the ANC um, subvert an, an assassination plot by these Afrikaans nationalists. And um, th- they were talking about a Eugene Venter. And I was like, oh, Eugene Venter, right? Like he's, he's the bad guy. So, so that got like a chuckle out of me. Um, so I'm, I'm at that part of the TV show. Don't ruin it for me. <laughs> um, we we
0: make right. excellent bad guys.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but the accents, accents were really, really well done. Um, so I was I was pleasantly surprised. The attention to detail is great. Yeah, so we landed here fresh off the boat in 1994. We escaped a civil war um, in former Yugoslavia. And um, I was 10. My brother was 16. So I think he took it a little bit differently than what I did. For me, it was all just a bit of a blur um, here on holiday. And then, you know, to like... Phew, we landed first of january i think school started on the 16th so basically two weeks i was in a uniform and to school right um right. thankfully the school there were a lot of immigrants from african nations as well as other eastern europe so for me fitting in was a little bit easier i think my brother it was a little bit harder for him uh, he went to parktown boys a boys school you know um very, very different. But we've never opened up to each other about those beginning things. But that's how it started, um, and then just kind of coasted through school. Never really took anything seriously. Um, they put me up two years, so I matriculated when I was sixteen. And um, besides being different, or not different, uh, but you know, just um, sounding different, you know, um, I was also younger. So it was very difficult to to fit in. So I matured. I I kind of was into the things that my classmates were into, two or three years down the line, you know. Um, whereas when I was in matric, my biggest thing was Lego, you know. Um, but the matric guys, it was first team rugby, going out with girls, doing things like that. And I was like, whatever, you know. I'm gonna stay home and play Lego. So it was it was very different. And um, yeah, I jumped into tech because I didn't really know what else to do. I had a friend in high school who had um, computers. His dad was a programmer. um, And then we played StarCraft, the original StarCraft. So I really enjoyed that. And I was like, computers are for me. I did uh, the technician thing. I fixed sound cards, replaced network cards, climbed roofs to change network cables, you name it. And then... The internet kicked off around 2004, five-ish, and then, you know, started building things for the web and slowly moved my way from uh, ad agencies to smaller consultancies. That was my first taste of actually being uh, placed at a client or farmed out at a client, you know, while actually working for a different company. And then, um, yeah, stabilizing a little bit, getting a little bit more confident, earning a little bit more money. Um, you know, it's hard to say mixing with the wrong crowd, but I, I then experienced what the other people experienced years before. So I started going out to clubs and stuff and, you know, um, that, Maybe I should have invested in, in you know, like um, ETFs and things like that instead of spending money on Thursday nights. But I made some friends and I grew as a person as well. Um, it was nice to belong or have a group of friends. And then that coincided with also me growing at work as well. Then um, I ended up, my, my my first sort of big, eye-opening experience was intellect around 2016. Um, I joined intellect and then that's when the world really got bigger for me. Um, uh, Their whole emphasis on um, giving back you know in terms of uh, tech accelerators meetups and then that's when everything accelerated and then I think in my head I was like yeah, I I know what I'm doing, right? Like, you should totally give me this, give me that. And I think that um, worked against me, but um, I ended up leaving intellect to pursue my own thing. And then as much as I felt I delivered well and I executed well, um, the money, the runway just wasn't there. And then tailed between my legs, Right, um, had to get back into consulting. Things didn't work out with Intellect again, although that opportunity was there. Um, I ended up going for a higher paying engagement through another consultancy. We can touch on the money things a, a bit later. Um, and then I got into banking. Um, I ended up working at Standard Bank on their internet banking team. And I then moved to the first rand group, worked for a company called Hyphen. They're what you can term a fintech in in sort of the South African space, if you will, they did payments. They did collections and they did um, distributed payments. So they have um, they're they're wholly owned by FMB and their primary goal or objective is to be when um, the first rank group applies for tenders to the government to have above board payments. So when there's big money moves and it needs to be uh, there needs to be full audits. So no fingers in any pies Um, hyphen were the arm that did that. So it was a, it was a joke an inside joke at hyphen, but around that um, 2018, 19 load shedding period, just before COVID, we would laugh, saying that cool, we got the instruction to pay the ESCOM uh, debtors, and we're like, cool. In about ten minutes, load shedding is over, and uh, you know, right. And then there was an announcement, right? Money's been received for coal. <laughs> you know, we can go back to normal. So um, that was also very interesting, very eye-opening. Um, I can expand a bit on that role later um, and how that impacted me, um, and then. Um, Something I always wanted. Genuinely, like something I always wanted. And I joined lot as an engineering manager. Um, and I thought I peaked. And um, I loved it. I loved it. And um, subsequently, I had a daughter. Uh, we moved into a bigger house. Um, life was good. Everything was great. And then I ended up... I don't, I don't know what happened. Um, I, I felt like, I felt I wasn't supported. Um, I felt I wasn't set up to succeed in that role. Um, and I, I felt alone. And then there were a couple of meetings. And then I felt that, you know, like in the back of your head, you know, you'd be like, You know, guys, but you know, I'm 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 working, I'm I'm trying. Like I'm not. You almost feel like there's some sort of conspiracy going on. And I was like, listen, guys, like I mean, you know, we're all professional. Um, And then I said it as a joke. Uh, My my manager, who was yeah, you know, at the time, and another sort of his peer so so you know my my superiors uh, in that organization and and as a joke I said you know guys seems like there's a conspiracy where you're in creating procedures to you know almost kind of force me into you know doing certain things and and then they're like laughed it off no 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 don't be silly and then when that meeting ended um, I get a slack you know I'm like you know, there have been some comments. So I'm like, okay, you know, um, you want to talk about it? And then over the next couple of days, the more I paid attention to the meetings and the more I paid attention to the subject matter and stuff, and um, I, 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 I hit a point where I think my eyes just sort of welled up and, and I said, you know, guys, um, I've, I've never... You know, I've never been anywhere where I haven't been wanted, you know, um, even even a relationship, you know, with, with an ex-girlfriend or anywhere. Like, I, I never want to be anywhere where I'm not, not that I'm not wanted, but not where, you know, not even to say appreciated, but just where it feels like I'm some sort of liability. And, and I said, that's how I'm feeling right now, you know. Um, I I feel like a liability to you and how you want to run this team and how you want to run this. And I don't want to be that guy. And and I said, I'm done. You know, I'm done. Like here it is, you know, um, I I quit just so that, you know, I'm not going to say anything to anyone. Um, I have a two months notice period. So you take your time and then you announce, um, a transition period or whatever But like I'm done guys Like you know genuinely I'm done I would appreciate it if you gave me some time So I could start interviewing But like I, I can't anymore And yeah The following days and weeks Basically proved my point You know um, And then I just sort of left And that I, I resigned October twenty. 20- where are we in 24 now, 23, October, 22, I got a job in March, <laughs> um, after that. So yeah, um, the last paycheck was 16th of December and the first paycheck was 25th of March, 20th of March, cause RB paid on the 20th. Um, yeah. So, so that was like a tough time as well. And yeah, that's kind of, (laughs) that's kind of the, that, that was it at, at, at the time, um, how I'm feeling right now. Um, I still think residual, not, not anger. I'm, I'm not, I'm not angry, just disappointment, you know, just, I still, I still think I'm harboring a little bit of um, disappointment that everything happened because it it was the role I wanted. I, you know, as a front end dev, um, you know, and then what really struck a chord was I I recently pulled out an old hard drive that I had and there was a folder on there and it's, and it, it was take a lot redesign and 2017, 18, I wanted to email or whatever, like blast take a lot on LinkedIn with, like, hey guys, if you had a really good front end developer, this is what he could do for you. You know, and, and, um, and I thought I was it, but I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't make the difference I wanted. And, and, and that just sat with me. Um, at the moment, I, I am theoretically, making good money you know like it's i'm I'm consulting and and it's good it's good money it's it's a breath of fresh air especially with the rates increases with the new house and uh school fees for a toddler and and i am fucking miserable i'm miserable (laughs) i i am miserable (laughs) i I,
0: yeah that sounds very familiar
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm miserable. I, I I'm working in a role that I have no idea what I'm doing. I've, I haven't felt that way since maybe 2006, seven. Um, and I genuinely didn't know what I was doing then, but I'm, I'm using a tech stack I've never used before. I am trying to make deadlines that were set by a guy that had 10 years worth of context. And nobody seems to be listening you know when I say like guys I you know um, and on top of on top of just the massive uh, domain knowledge that I'm lacking just trying to piece all of those things together the the very strict uh, development uh, policies that that apply you know like merge requests um, attaching things like cyber test reports um, you know making sure that there are if there are any Um, things that, you know, so you need to know, like if you're breaking anything down the line or if you need regression tests or whatever, that entire thing needs to be specified on a merge request and it all sort of adds up. And then you're like, fuck, I'm never going to deliver this piece of code. And I'm at the point now where, you know, in, in a similar vein to take a lot, I don't want to keep billing this obscene amount of money that they're expecting a senior and they're getting, they're getting an intern and I feel bad. So yeah, I'm, 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 I'm not enjoying my nine to five, um, but I'm sort of enjoying the home life and it's difficult. And yeah, I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do come, come February or whatever it is that I decide to resign. Finally. Yeah. I I have no plan. That's where I'm at.
0: (laughs) So, no, like, uh, geez, man, that, that was amazing. Um, like there, there's so much to unpack there. Like, uh, like, I th- I think like, we can probably spend the entire session just talking about like some of the stuff you spoke about now, because, um, there's, there's so many touch points for myself as well. Um, and and just the little bit I know about Skulk Needling as well, like, like there's a lot of touch points with him as well, you know, uh, so, like I know with the consulting thing and, and so forth and, um, yeah, like oh man, it's it's what I find very interesting is 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 that um, so many people that are kind of in the space where I find myself right, and you find yourself in as well, kind of ended up there almost by accident. Um, like it's just you know. Like I, so I didn't study tech. Um, I, I studied visual arts. I wanted to become an illustrator, and then I kind of like actually worked a couple of days as an illustrator, and then I was like. I don't want to do this for the rest of my life and get paid nothing. And, you know, in retrospect, that was a very good decision because, like, sure, with with kind of AI now, like, I, I don't even know what you do as, a, as an editorial. Back then, you'd still do, like, editorial illustration for, like, magazines and whatever. But, yeah, and, you know, so that's, that's a long story. I think I've covered it a couple of times before. But it's it's interesting also, like, how – myself as well, and it's called I don't know whether it's the case with you as well, is that you're you're almost almost like in this, this perpetual state of trying to figure out what you're actually doing and where you're going. Um, Whereas, you know, for example, my wife, you know, she has a background in pharmacology. So she went to go study, she's got a degree. And, you know, and then she did her community service year. And then she started working at a hospital. And, you know, and then, like now, um, you know, kind of, we're raising two daughters and so she kind of does locum work which means you know like she like goes in to the like hospital like every x amount of days or whatever you know and it's, it's very much it's a very that's kind of like the the what would be the word that's kind of the j- trajectory most people in in that space kind of follow and it's 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 so interesting like my own experience you know like comparing it against that um and like it's just like it just feels for myself as well I'm like perpetually like trying to figure out where am I going? Like, what am I doing? Like, you know, where do I want to be in 10 years with this tech thing? Um, But yeah, Scott, I don't, I don't know whether you can speak to that at all.
2: Yeah, for sure. Like um, I was thinking about that quite a bit Um, in a similar context. I think, I think part of the reason why we might feel that way is just because when we grew up, most of us, like um, like people my age roughly and maybe even 10 years younger than me or so, um, you know, when you were in school and all that kind of stuff, the whole idea was that there was a pretty linear path from where you're at to the day when you move on to whatever's next. It was pretty linear. You know, you're like... You're like You go to school, you finish matric, you go to university, you get a thing, you get a job, you do it. When you're 65, you retire, you get a retirement fee, you do your thing, enjoy your grandkids, and then eventually you pass on. But life has changed. Like for most folks, for a lot of folks, that is not, there's no path anymore you have to kind of carve that path. And there isn't even really that many cow paths yet. We were talking about it yesterday or this morning, I was talking with some of the folks at Boxy about this, that if you think about the whole evolution of of the world, of, of the earth, like the evolution of us as human beings is a very small fraction of that. And then within that, if you take tech, like it's it's not even a speck, you can't even see it. Um, we went from nothing to artificial intelligence in less than a hundred years, much less than a hundred years. Um, and it upended so much about what we kind of knew and what we've accepted as the way that the world works and that life is and this is the path that you walk. So there isn't even really cow paths we can just tread again we are kind of still laying those cow paths. And then also we are in such a connected world now where we see things happening to people in all across the world. And it's everything from the mind bending, like how in the world can you have a trillion dollars and two people who are starving from hunger. And you have that whole trajectory in between there. And you're sitting in the middle of all of this trying to figure out what the hell am I even here for? What am I trying to do with my life? And because tech doesn't really, unless you have chosen like a very, 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 very niche thing, there isn't really a trajectory where it's like now I've reached the pinnacle and I can retire and just go sit around and and do whatever. Like I don't even know what, what retirement means anymore for me. Like, When is that? It's not an age thing because that doesn't make sense. I don't, what am I, I'm not going to stop writing code and reading about tech when I'm 65 suddenly and lose interest. I'll always have this interest now. But yeah, what is it then that I'm going for? Where am I trying to go? So I don't know, for me, I've learned a whole bunch of lessons over the last, I think, three, four years. And we can dig into some of those things because some of that's emotional stuff. Some of that is um, like, understanding that don't be, don't drink the Kool-Aid too much when you're at some companies who try to position themselves as a family system instead of an employer-employee relationship. Be careful because it might hurt a lot when you realize that you've been duped. Um, and then also realizing that the opportunities that people have across the world is not equal. And what the opportunities you have in South Africa, for example, compared to somebody in San Francisco, is vastly different. What is expected of you in a country like South Africa versus San Francisco is also significantly different. And therefore, you might get a rude awakening when you try to do something and find that the support systems that you thought would be there doesn't exist. But... Um, And then you feel like you're a fish in a very, very big sea. And you're like, I don't even know where I am, but I feel afraid because I'm not sure if there's sharks in these dark waters that I can't see. Um, So I think there's just a lot of uncertainty and there isn't a clear path. So you kind of have to figure it out. And I think for me right now, I'm trying to find things that I've, I'm trying to do things that I find interesting and meaningful. Where I do them matters less to me it's more about the end result and i don't i've decided like there isn't probably a date when this will stop i will just keep doing interesting things until there's nothing more interesting or i'm just not able to do anything anymore because health reasons or age or the robots have taken over and we just sit in chairs with straws watching tv all day um But I think it's just hard, right? And AI has come and thrown a massive spanner in the works. Like there's so much uncertainty being introduced by that. I I feel so horrible for junior devs and people who started in, in the development in the last two, three years, because there's so much talk on the internet right now by people that, you know, when you look at them, you're like, I should probably listen to what this person is saying. People speaking at places like MIT, two students who's doing a, a a degree in computer science, saying in five years, most of what you do today will no longer be needed. And you're going to have to think about that because it's gonna, everything's going to change. And these poor young folks are sitting there. Oh, my God, this is super expensive. And should I not be doing this? And there's so much because nobody knows. That's the big thing. Nobody knows. They can't say. Even Sam Alton can't tell you exactly what's going to happen in a year's time with this stuff. It's too unpredictable. So I think it's just a lot of stuff's happening, and AI has complicated a lot. And I would, I don't, I'm not surprised that a lot of people are just throwing up their hands and saying, oh, "I don't know anymore." They just, I don't know the other day because of some stuff that's happening, like the Substack and the whole Nazi thing. And now everybody has to get off Substack because otherwise you're labeled like you're Nazi, whatever. So I was just like, can we just unplug everything, burn it down and start over <laughs> because I don't know anymore. So yeah, there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of like, what the hell and what the fuck, and I don't know where I am, and where I'm going. And I don't know. I don't have an answer. I just have a lot of words to say about it.
0: I am. Um, I'm super curious about the substack Nazi thing. Like, I I know what I'm gonna do tonight when I'm lying in bed and I can't sleep. I'm gonna go down a rabbit hole and just go and Google and Google substack Nazi. <laughs> um, but yeah. So no, I yeah, I get that, and and, and I think obviously with a you're kind of like kind of the the, the 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 big prominent thing is ai but i also think is a lot more subtle subtler things um that are maybe more insidious and and one of them being like the tech market at the moment like yo like i uh, like the the job market is just sure like i think someone shared some stats yesterday and um I actually think it was like I think it's actually related to um the Zetatech uh, job postings channel and I I think someone looked at all the all the job postings f- from last year compared to the year before and there's like and and I think like also looked at like some other platforms or what all and there's a ma- a sharp decline in terms of uh, like the the like the 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 I don't I'm a consultant so I speak in terms of hourly rate or whatever I salaries you know um and and just like you see things like oh, the, the, Carl Simpson who who did the I don't know if if any of you guys followed yeah. that yeah. Um, yeah. yeah yeah like he had this whole thing where he kind of publicly on LinkedIn like documented his like job searching like journey and he had a tough time, you know. Um so obviously, you know we can talk also about Kyle Simpson. He is also a bit of a divisive figure, but at the very least, man, like if you've probably written the 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 book that anyone needs to read after they've read eloquent JavaScript or after they've read um JavaScript the good parts and you're struggling to find work. Like sure, man. I don't. I don't know what that says. So, yeah, it's like that. Also, is, is is I find very troubling. And I, I think specifically as someone who's mentored a couple of people the last uh, couple of years, you know, it's like sure, man. Like, what what are they going to do? Um, but you know, it, it is what it is. Um, but. And, 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 and Darko, you mentioned about the, like interest rates and stuff. So I'm in the exact same boat. I, 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 like, I also want to, um, mention as well, you know, Skulk. So you, you mentioned that thing about like you, you ended up in this position and you, you don't really know how you got there or when it happened or whatever. And like, yeah, man, I, I I've been there. I've been there. <laughs> it's your, and, and so then it's like you have all this stuff going on that's very tough for quote unquote neurotypical people to deal with, you know, then throw in like all your weird, like emotional and like mental quirks and, and makeup. And, you know, like uh, sometimes I, I just like, I have a hard time if the cashier at the, at the store just looks at me strange, you know, and it's like, now I have to deal with all this stuff as well. So yeah, it's, man, it's tough. Um, but I want to kind of, touch on something specific so so Darko you you kind of spoke about this 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 feeling of you know kind of I don't want to say being sidelined or but like kind of being I I I, I don't necessarily know how to describe it but I, can, I understand it so well I've been there before where it's like Being a liability. Yes. Like, like, I think that's, that's the kind of the wording you used. Um, I've been there two places in my career before I've the one I've literally cried in my manager's office, office. And I was like, I do, I don't know what to do. I am trying. I'm literally, I feel like I'm running myself into the ground, just trying to provide value and, everything I get is just negative signals, you know, like it, it, it feels like there's no, it's not even about like re like positive reinforcement or whatever, but just in terms of, you know, if you're not providing value, then you're not providing value. You also don't want people to be like, Oh no, buddy, it's all right. Don't worry. But you know, and it's not necessarily that you're not providing value. It's just like, there's a mismatch in terms of what you provide and what is required or how what you provide is perceived or whatever. Man, that stuff! Like, I, I've been there. Geez, like, and yeah, I, I don't know. Like, uh, Needling, I don't know if you can maybe speak to that, or you've you've had similar experiences.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, um, um, Darko, I mean, I, 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 I've, you're in a you're in an unenviable situation at the moment. Um, but I do think mm. that, and I, and I think what what. Uh, Skulk Edge is now about the job market. That doesn't help, right? Because you're kind of like, if I jump ship now, you know, because w- like LinkedIn has kind of become my new favorite social network, strangely enough. It seems the healthiest of the bunch right now. Um, but with that said, I do find it damn depressing most of the days because there's so many people looking for work. I mean, I saw one the other day of somebody saying, I just want a job, please. That's it. That was his whole message. And I'm like, holy hell. <laughs> this this person is at their end. They're done. They're like, I just want a job. Just, you know, just give me a job. Anything, really. Um so when those things just keep running by and you hear like there's another massive layoffs again, you're like, oh, whoa, no. Something's something's not right. Something is going really and then google comes out and says like oh no we had to reduce our force because of the um, exciting new things we're we're going to do i'm like you need less people to do that interesting um i think people make the company right not the company doesn't make the people but oftentimes the people on top and the investors don't see the way but i think um i'm glad you could move on from take a lot when you did because life's too short man Um, but I was in that exact position where I was like, I don't even fucking know what I'm doing anymore. I I have to leave because I'm going to get to a point where I'm unemployable because I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm messing about with this thing, playing in a spreadsheet, making Google docs all day. What the hell? If I go from here and I try to find a job and people say like, what can you do? I'd be like, uh, I'm not sure to be honest. Why did you do at your previous job? I don't know. <laughs> they paid me money and I'm not sure what I did. Um and also this feeling of of not adding value. I think people underestimate the value of that to an individual. They think like, "Oh, but you get a salary. That only lasts for so long." Then it's like it's just money, right? Um when you don't have money, it sucks, but anyway. Um but um you do want that fulfillment. You do want to walk in and feel like you're doing something and it's adding value to this business that you're a part of. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to ramble on too much, but I, I, I think it's, a, it was definitely a good thing to move away from take a lot. The way it happened is just absolutely horrible. Uh,
1: yeah. It's, it's, um, it's also probably, um, it's, I, I could have also been, when you, when you look back at it, um, like it was just how I experienced it, right? Um, what, what kind of made it or made, made that experience worse for me was that there wasn't, there wasn't any, any kind of, hold on, like this seems rash, you know, let's pull the brakes, let's figure it out, right? There wasn't any of that, right? Um, and, and then thinking back to that, like, fuck, like how bad was my performance, you know? Like I, it, it was two years. I, I survived uh, two performance reviews, a bonus and an increase. Um, something, I must have been doing something right? You know, um, the team went from four to eight and, you know, there were promotions internally, promotions that I felt I facilitated, Um, you know, the team morale improved. I thought that the team got better with me there. Um, the, The individual contributors in that team were all excellent and incredibly high performing people. And they made it easy, but you know to get them there was also part of that role for me and I, and I thought I did that well and I just I just couldn't understand it so but it's yeah I it, the, the the main I think message was that I felt I wasn't really supported and set up for success and 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 that's what it kind of made it made me emotional or just I don't even know what the word is but just kind of like you know what it's okay you know I give up right um, my 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 hands are up I don't you know I don't, don't want to have to you have to put me on some performance improvement plan like I don't want to be here that much you know um, so I'll I'll do you a favor and and, and I'll walk away you know. And I even made it easier for them. Um, I said, like, you know what? I know it's like a two month um, notice period. I don't care. I don't care for the money. I don't care for anything, right? You can give me a salary on the 25th, whenever it comes, and then just I'll go. I'll, I'll leave. You know, it doesn't have to be awkward or anything like that. And, um, Yeah, so I I, I try to make it as easy as possible. And then basically, the last couple of days, um, I hardly spoke to anyone, you know. Um, I think I just logged on to daily stand-up. And then after that, I turned off, you know, I sat on my couch. That's kind of the point where it got, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's really tough. I've definitely been in situations before where, and I think that's that's, I've, I've I've like man I resonate so much with kind of like like kind of what you just told like I I've been there before and you know I've been in situations where there was either a mismatch of you know what was expected and what I thought was expected or you know I've been I've been in positions where I'm overqualified. And they want something more basic and they want something that you can build in like two minutes and push out. And I'm spending like an entire week getting it ready because like the level of engineering that I do is different than what they kind of needed, you know. Um, So, but like I've been in situations where that wasn't as bad, like, like where that was part of a conversation. And I think that's the, the ones where I've been in those situations, the ones that have rattled me the most is where it wasn't part of a conversation. And it kind of sounds like that is what you're referring to is like, I've definitely been in a situation and, you know, I don't want to talk about it too much because it's fairly recent-ish where it's literally a decision was made and that was it. And the people who I worked with and who I met with on a regular basis its just like that I'm not going to see them again. Like I think especially now in the online thing, it's like, you know, very much like, okay, cool. But if, if a decision has been made, there's no reason for you to kind of join the calls anymore whatever and it's also weird if a decision was made and now yeah so i understand the dynamic there but man like like that that fucks with you dude like you know it's like you're you're literally just like like doing your and then it's just like a decision and and you realize i'm never gonna have a call with these people ever again I never, ever got the opportunity to say like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm heading out. Cheers, guys. You know, I wish you all the best or whatever. Man, it's, it's, it's yeah, that rattles you, dude, like where it just goes from 100 to a zero, to zero, like in an instant. Um, yeah, it's tough.
1: What also hurt, I think, ultimately was that as a, as a manager or as a team lead, the the, the team – right like you know you 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 facilitate one-on-ones and you speak about things and there were a lot of personal things shared you know um and like a lot of the time it's like hey i'm kind of looking to go elsewhere should i stay and then you kind of be like you know maybe you should stay but like how can i and and in those conversations that were personal and and I felt that were quite um um I don't even yeah well what's the term but like it's it's the things that you'd you, you share and and sort of the time for vulnerability right it was like hey man like I know I'm worth more I want to stay here um will you help me stay here but then you know earn more and and then you kind of try and figure out a plan to, to facilitate this guy's, I mean, because if you're talking about like 10X engineers, um, this guy was it, you know, we like kind of within that domain and, and you, you, you try and make a plan and you put yourself out there and, and, and then at the end, I like, I, I almost get it right like oh he's leaving you know don't say anything whatever but then also like yeah I had a at whatever email address but then I, you know I'm also just like a human or a person you know I'm, I'm a dad I'm a friend um, I don't you know I, 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 I didn't defraud the company I didn't you know try and murder the CEO or anything like that right like to my knowledge, I, I gave everything I had until I just felt like, you know, it wasn't a good enough not, – not a good enough. It felt that I just wasn't providing that service that they expected of me and I chose to, to step away. So that, that hurts. But given the years of experience that I've had, you know, leaving and kind of keeping in touch with old coworkers. I'd, I'd learned to deal with it, but yeah it it took me a while to to sort of make peace with it, you know. Um, and then you know especially with the job thing and stop me if I'm rambling, but it's the the um, the the take a lot thing, it, it ended the way that it ended with me not having anything as a backup because I'd we I started man twenty-one, April twenty one, I think it'd take a lot. And um, I'd left hyphen primarily because of um I just, I, I wanted a different role. I'd, um, I'd I'd done a lot, you know. I was hired as an Angular developer, and I built various different dashboards for their payment systems, etc. And then there was a bit of um, a power vacuum or or a direction vacuum when the outgoing CIO left, and they took a while to hire someone within the group. And I took that opportunity to kind of you know mobilize, galvanize the tech team, or um, set some things in place. Things devs take for granted, right? Like um, GitLab, uh, GitHub. Um, you know, there weren't, when you look at things now, uh, like deployments, right? Uh, Hyphen used to deploy things on flash sticks. There was a, an actual printed piece of paper with everybody's signatures. And the Linux administrator guy would take that flash stick. There was a, um, a tar file. A, a, not a tar file, a war file. Um, right, which is sort of some Java hosting thing, JBoss, right? He was JBoss, and he would manually like CP, MV, whatever he did with those controls, right? Then he would manually do SQL updates in the SQL server if that was also required. I mean, this guy would do it at 8 p.m. He would go home at midnight, and I was like, dude, this is fucking wild, right? I want to, and and they were paying millions of dollars for Atlassian, and I said, Atlassian's got this thing called Bamboo. And it'll change your life. And it took me about four or five um, monitored deploys before they were like, that's cool, guys. You, you deploy whenever you want. This isn't an issue anymore. And a lot of similar processes got implemented by me. And and there was a meeting and I said, you know, give me any role. Like, let me do that role. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll happily do that. You don't have like a 2IC or anything like that. I don't need to be anybody's boss, but just let me help you make these technical decisions to improve processes, right? Like, you know? And the um, conversation was like, yeah, maybe we just wanna keep you as an Angular dev because we're kind of created that uh, job advert for the role you want and we're gonna give it to somebody else. And I was like, okay, cool, you know, great. And then I resigned that day. Um, And it wasn't that difficult to, to get a role after that, you know, take a lot. But then whole COVID thing started and we got pregnant and, you know, at home and then, you know, got a house. And then we managed to... Skirt around COVID, and then we got COVID. The little one and and my girlfriend they ended up in hospital, and that kicked my ass like emotionally. Like you know, um, I I I I didn't know I didn't know what to do, and um, it's and then yeah, like you know, just taking leave felt like guys. I'm I'm positive for COVID. I don't have any symptoms. But my family is in hospital. I need to take leave. Yeah, but if you're fine, maybe you know you can like, and then I literally just turned the laptop off um, and I logged on a week later, right And I think that's where it, when when it all really started. Um, so yeah that that was tough. And then, yeah, I think I think. It was a mix. It was a mix of me, a mix of them, a mix of me being at home. Yeah, like I said, I know we've got limited time, but like we haven't even touched on um, like the, I, I don't know. You know, like when, you, when you're on Reddit and you read things about how other millennials or Gen Xs were raised by not absent parents, but parents that had to work, you know um coming here as immigrants there was no money like genuinely no money guys like yeah um, my mother basically walked into mill park hospital and she said like cool I'm, I'm a nurse i know what i'm doing i'm here on tourist visa but if you give me a job i can apply for permanent residence um, i'll work for peanuts and they did they worked for peanuts my dad caught a train we had no car i walked to school um and then, around nine about it took us about four or five years before my dad finally managed to find a job that paid him a human wage um he wasn 't just getting five six hundred bucks a week you know he was now all of a sudden bringing home like twelve thirteen thousand a month you know it was it was a massive jump. They could buy a house um you know we could go back home and visit. It, it it you know it basically catapulted us into sort of lower middle class and and that's um sort of where my i think it that's where my i don't know kind of it's, it isn't resentment and now I'm going off topic, but um, where, where I see myself with my kid and how I was raised and when I got here and when I was in school, it was a very big fight between integrating and then coming home to a very hard Yugoslav household and then being told like, you know, South Africans, they don't know anything, you know, um, those kind of acerbic, acerbic is is kind of a word I learned that that's how my mother talks. She's very acerbic. Um, it's very sort of sharp, um, direct, hurtful things. Um, I don't res- like, I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, I like my mom. But um, she definitely had a big role in how uh, I I deal with my interpersonal relationships. So, um, yeah, just growing up with basically being at home for about five, six hours before I went to sleep and then kind of being systematically programmed to be Yugoslav and better than the South Africans, smarter, you know, um, and then... Being at school and and having friends and forgetting how to think in Yugoslav. I started thinking in English almost immediately and then trying to then communicate to my parents in another language where they didn't understand me and I couldn't explain myself to them. And I think that maybe still impacts me to this day where I'm unable to vocalize my feelings because of, you know, maybe being afraid of, of that, like, oh, you don't know anything or like, you know, what do you know? And, you know, like my mom she'd get irrationally angry for no reason, like genuinely like no reasons. Um, You know, I I wasn't a bad kid. I I wasn't into any weird shit. You know, like I came home, played with Legos. I was on my bike till sunset. And and that was it, man. Like I I gave my parents zero trouble. And, but just having that kind of fear, and I'm not sure if you guys experienced it, but I've read it on Reddit, you know, um, and where if my mom was in a good mood, things were good, right? Like the house was at peace. But as soon as my mom was in an otherwise mood, it was like, you know, let's, let's like tippy toe and stuff like that. And I think I've carried that into a lot of my uh, personal and then professional relationships where I almost feel like I'm manipulating a situation, not for my benefit, you know, like, you know, manipulating in terms of, you know, I'm going to make this guy give me his Bitcoin, but I'm going to structure my words to, to maybe put this guy in a mood where, you know, it's not going to be a difficult situation for me, you know, things like that, where I had to almost emotionally manipulate my mother in a way, you know, like, oh, by the way, you know, whatever, or, or I do something And then ask her, can I go out and play? So I think that plays a big role in me uh, negotiating for things and doing stuff like that. And, you know, whereas South Africans, or I think culturally, you guys are open to be yourself. You know, you had, what I'm assuming, right? from, From the majority of my friends you guys are open to be yourself and home is safe. And all I've ever wanted was home to be safe. So when I'm at home, I know I'm safe. And, you know, I I have a partner that makes me feel safe. And I have a little girl that's I've, I'm, I'm there, I'm there. Like I, like she loves me, I love her. Like we have this incredible relationship. But I, I, I know something inside me is not correct with regards to how I was raised, and I wanted to be a confident little human, especially as a girl. Um, I, I am not oblivious to internet culture wars all of that stuff right like um some divisive figures online you know minimizing you know women and their role and and i as a partner to a strong woman i want to be a father to a strong woman but i don't know how to be that you know so i i I do my best to make sure the home is safe we have everything we need she's got all the toys we need um and then i rely on my partner to, to kind of project her confidence, you know? Because um, like you said, like your wife gets on with it, you know, like she got her degree, she got her job and then that's it, right? Like um, my, my girlfriend, she basically held down a day job. She had her own side hustle. She did an MBA and she was a new mom in the span of two and a half years. And I'm the one having mental breakdowns with, with people that, that sell fucking power banks on the internet. You know what I mean? Right. So like, I'm the one having mental breakdowns and she's like, what What are we having for dinner? Like breastfeeding, like submitting assignments. And, and like, I was like, how the fuck do you do it? You know? um, and here I am like, Oh my God, my boss hates me. I'm going to quit. Like, And then, yeah, so it's, it's such a, it's such a weird polarizing thing with us where like, I'm I'm being like, like, I just, she's like, how was your day? And I'd be like, I hate it. I hate it. Like this code, I don't even know what it's doing. I'm going to do this and like, I'm such a funk. And how was your day? Oh, it was fine. I took the dog to get the stitches out. I went to go see this other guy. I got groceries for the week. I, I closed like a million different deals. I'm going to take the kid to swimming. Then I'm going to make dinner. And, and I'm like, fuck, I wish I had just like five, 5% of this mental ability that she's got to comp- like compartmentalize um, just her thoughts and it's incredible and then she'll go to sleep she'll wake up and then back on it again you know yeah
0: <laughs> so yeah that's that, that's yeah <laughs> yeah And no, that's amazing i uh, like it's uh, yeah like i you know i, I think also like i, I think obviously I, I actually don't know that much about like skulk netlings like history in terms of family life and so forth but you know like uh, like i did like for myself and you know everyone that i grew up with and so forth you know it's it's also been challenging um, specifically generational you know because our parents grew up my my dad was uh, you know he was conscripted to the border war you know, he, he was, you know, he had to go and, and fight the communists, um, or like on the border, you know. Um, and I'm saying communists, you know, in, in quotes, yeah, because, you know, that was kind of like apartheid South Africa. Um, but yeah, like, you know, and, and I think to I have to give him credit. He's, my dad has, I have a lot of Respect for just the ways in which he's tried to navigate the new reality that is so different from what he grew up with, and like, and the degree to which he has been open to rethink some some of the stuff that he grew up with. Whereas, opposed to, I see some some of my friends' dads and so forth. They're just like, you know, everyone else is the problem. Like the way I was raised and and whatever, you know, like, like, no, everyone else has lost their way you know, Um, and, but like that being said as well, you know, like there, there were just like specific tools that he just didn't get growing up and, and things he's, he, he wasn't ever taught, you know, just from that era. And obviously, and because of that, he hasn't been able to provide them to me due to no fault of his own, but purely just because he grew up in an era where, you know, you don't talk about emotional stuff and and then as someone that um kind of grew like grew up with a lot of like you know mental problems and stuff um like I, I definitely felt like like i i just i had to figure all this stuff out myself as a as a as a teenager you know like and as a young adult like i like, like i literally had to like figure out like 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 all these weird compulsions like you know and no one had in, any answers no adults really knew anything about any of this stuff and it was mostly just no like you know just think stop being so negative or you know like like you're overcomplicating things or, or whatever you know and i'm not talking about my parents i'm talking about like a- adults of that generation in general and it's you know for a very long time you think like like you're the problem and like what's wrong with you and like how like I how do I not be like this and then then you kind of get older and you get more experience to do this and obviously as you mentioned Reddit a couple of times you know like obviously the wider internet at large and you kind of get exposed to a lot of different people across the world and a lot of like experiences and things and you kind of realize this is actually much more common then, then I was, I, I, I. and I think that's also one of the reasons why we started this kind of mental health in tech thing is because I think we realized like, this is so pervasive. And like everyone that we talk to that are dealing with these things think that they're the anomaly. Um, think that, like I've definitely been in situations where I've opened up to coworkers and stuff and then it's just like this cascade of, oh yeah, this guy as well. And oh, this guy is struggling with this. And oh yeah, this other guy. And, you know, and it's like, what? Like we're literally just an entire company of people that are just emotionally just hanging on. You know? <laughs> and like, I thought I was the anomaly here. So um I, I think there's also something to be said about that. So I, I, yeah, like I, I definitely, I can resonate with that a lot. Um, And I think, you and I started talking I think like one of the first exchanges that we had specifically on ZA tech was uh, kind of I, I think you asked like like we had a conversation about prescribed minimum benefits and and, and, and and stuff and so I assume like that you you started going or considered or went to a, a psychologist or, or so forth um, yeah I don't know if you maybe want to give is it? Is that the first time you've you've gone to someone, or? No, no, not at all. Um, I'd
1: uh, again. <laughs> my mother thought I was a problem child, so she took me to. Uh, so my mom's a nurse, right? Um, so yeah, uh, there's there's no like injection or medicine uh, big enough that can't cure whatever's wrong with you, you know. Um, so that's that's kind of her thing, and. Uh, I went to a few and it was never, I, I didn't know, right? I didn't know. I, 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 Again, like I didn't know why I was there. I, I didn't know what to talk about. Obviously, she wanted to see if I was on drugs or in some gang or whatever, right? But um, I didn't know how to talk. I didn't know how to talk because I was never free to talk at home. And, you know, for the earlier part at school, I was just different and I didn't have anyone to talk to. So, there, you know, there was nothing in common. You know, I wasn't on any first teams or, you know, I, I look back with regret that I wasn't more involved in school and, and, and I really wish I was. I, I look fondly back on that time. And I, I wish I did more. And, um, you know, when I see old classmates on Instagram and stuff and whatever, like, you know, I make a really like a, a point to comment, like, hey, man, like, nice to see you. Like, I'm glad you have a nice family. You know, um, it's been a long time. Hope everything's okay. And it's, it's you know, and when, when I started, when I started being my own person, was the day I moved out and that was around 2013. I, 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 I had enough money, I bought my own place and I moved out. I ate toasted sandwiches, popcorn and macaroni for a year. But I had a TV, I had uh, Netflix on VPN and I had my own bed and I slept when I wanted to. I was up when I wanted, you know, um, and, and that's when I became my own person. And that's when I, you know, started being in more meaningful relationships at, at work and, you know, with, with girls and I was, it was open. I, I could talk and, and, and I wasn't afraid of sharing. And then only after a while and did I realize that, hold on somebody this you know i the, the the thoughts in my head it's it's sort of normal right there are people that that do experience this and do feel insecure and do have anxiety and um you know like so surely there must be a way to figure that out or at least you know focus that energy somehow or open up about it and then only when i only took it seriously when it started impacting my relationship and things are good i'm am I'm a, I'm a good person i think overall but i think i'm a great guy to be around when the anxiety is gone right when it's when i've got money in my bank account when everything's okay i feel on top of the world we can go for a drive, grab some ice cream, grab a prego, a hamburger, wherever, right? Like, that's when I'm my most charming or my most outgoing and extroverted kind of guy. But then for about 30-40% of the time, I deal with work stress, right? Like now all of a sudden, it's a little bit longer till payday. Um, What do you want for dinner? It's like, I don't know, whatever, right? Like, You know, um, whereas if everything was okay, the how, what are we going to eat for dinner would have been like, I don't mind. Let's go get some sushi or let's go do whatever. Right. Because I'm comfortable that I know that I can pay for that. So only when I started, only when I got with with Joe now, with 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 my girlfriend and when I I put it all together that. That this, this this is it right this this is it this is this is who it is like here it is here is this human um that that's it right like this human is this human and then we are going to do this thing for the rest of our lives and and that's was how i felt like here it is the all the sitcoms all the romantic movies you know like that whole thing here she is and more so than just love at first sight and and butterflies and all of that it was just that sense of 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 safety um and and just when we got home we were home I was home she was there and I was home right um even now and again like I also experienced it today like she she went somewhere and she was on her way home what do you want for dinner I don't care just get home I don't care, right? I'll eat cardboard. I don't care. Just get home. Get home. When you're home, we'll figure it out, right? Um, So, and I realize I say shit like that and, and I try and pull it back and I try to be a little bit more. But when I realized that she was home and she was safe and that everything made sense where I wanted to be, how I wanted to be was now for her that's when I was like okay cool let me not do any weird shit that'll mess up this relationship and yeah um, and and I'm gonna do whatever it takes to make sure that she never leaves um you know and and yeah so that that when I realized that it was impacting my relationship uh you know, uh, I don't know if it's a common topic or whatever, but issues, but like intimacy, right? Um, I, I I struggle with that. It's not at the top of my head. Um, I'm not, I'm not a very overtly sexual person or anything like that. So like, you know, it's, I, I need signals or I need guidance or whatever. So it's not, you know, and it's something that has been an issue in like a previous relationship and it is in the current one. And When she was like, "This is a problem. Figure it out," and I was like, "I'm sorting it out, right? Okay." Um, And then it's 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 ongoing. Obviously, I'm 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 trying to sort it out. But that's when I it was also post take a lot and post everybody being in hospital, and then I found it was a psych central. Was it Psych Central? Um, Psych, Psych Central. There was a very lovely lady. Um, my goodness. Um, her name was, I'm trying to find it, but they, they don't have her name. Haley, Haley Funderberg um, at Psych Central. What an incredible person to talk to. Um, It took her maybe two or three sessions to kind of get to the roots. And she was like, you're not ADHD. You're none of that. Like you just deal with a whole bunch of other things. And she was incredible. Unfortunately, I couldn't justify the money. It was just over a thousand rand weekly. And discovery kept fighting me, and it kept going off savings. And then at that time, the little one was dealing with tonsillitis a lot, so we, you know, used that. And the money kind of ran out. So when I could justify it, I had a session. When I couldn't, I didn't. And especially post take a lot up until March, there wasn't really any um, available money going around. So I stopped, but the, the, and I would like to pick it up again, uh, the, the, the sessions we had, I think about eight or nine sessions, it was, it was great. It it really, really was, um, I had, she, you know, she would, she would give me homework. You know, there were some questionnaires. I, I answered a few and it's, it's nice to answer it truthfully, you know? And yeah, it was it was good. It was good. I I, I do feel that I got benefit out of it. And I changed perspective on quite a few things. I also like to think that, like chat GPT, you know, like I do get better (laughs) over time with different inputs. So I, I think I'm getting better with different inputs. And yeah, it was good. I would I would love to. I will not that I would love to I will. I will I will reach out to her again, and hopefully resume the sessions because I think that it's it's benefited me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I jeez. I, I I get that. Like I'm I'm also at the moment. Jeez. Uh, I'm like I'm also on and off because because I I'm just on a hospital plan, um, which basically means like the only thing that's covered is you know if like i me my wife or any of my daughters uh, get hospitalized that's the only thing so literally like to me like when i go for a session it's like oh debit card swipe Beep. you know that that's there we go you know it's like at the grocery store so yeah you feel that you're like sure and and it's it's and it's such a sucky situation because it's also you understand that, you know, like this is a trained person and this is a person who's dedicated their life to this. And, you know, and and they have all this knowledge, like, would I be okay if someone paid me 50 rand an hour, you know, for, but then at the other on the other hand, it's, yeah, it's a lot of money. And yeah, like it's, yeah, it's, it sucks. It really sucks. But yeah, I, I honestly, I don't necessarily myself even know what the answer is there like um, we should start a fund but we should start <laughs> a fund yeah yeah, yeah just
1: yeah. Throw money yeah. away i think there's like a, a collective and then if you feel you need some sort of help like here the fund will pay like the first two or three sessions and then yeah
0: Yeah, well, there you go. So, start our own medical aid, basically. That's what you just described. (laughs) We just just invented the concept of medical aids again. (laughs) Um, But, yeah. So, no, like, Skull, I don't know if you're currently seeing anyone?
2: Uh, No, um, I need to go back for just the like, practical purpose of like my um prescription is run out so if i don't go yeah the pharmacy will tell me to go away so even just from that perspective i do need to but i mean i do need to speak to the person as well it's been too long so um i definitely need to do that i need to do that in february um from a practical perspective like i said the prescription thing but then also just you know it's been it's been too long but it's it's Bananas to, to think that that we even have to have a conversation like this, right? Where it's a trade-off between yeah. am I eating tonight or am I taking care of my mental health? It's like th- this shouldn't be yeah. a conversation. But it, it's broken all over the world, right? Like mental health is yeah. just – it's it's a mess. It's extremely expensive. It's the, One of the biggest reasons why the United States is struggling with the homelessness problem they are is because mental health is not being treated properly and people are ending up on the streets because they're not getting the care they need and things just compound one thing compound on the other one and then you throw drugs into the mix and now you've got a massive problem because now you're taking drugs that's just messing up your brain's chemistry even further and you're getting to a point where there's really no return anymore it's like how then you get these solutions where people are like literally giving you the drugs just with a clean needle just so that you, and staying with you so that should you overdose they can try and save your life. These they've it's it's essentially it's almost like somebody that's on their deathbed and you're just like giving them oxygen. They're actually done for already. But you just it, it just seems inhumane to just let them die. So you try to do something. But in fact this person is lost. They're gone. It's just a matter of time. And it's, it's, it's so hard to see those things happen and to think that this was all preventable. If this person had the, like you said, Darko, the two or three sessions when they really needed it, their life could have been much, much, much different. I mean, I've seen these people, like when I was in Portland, Oregon in, in America, I saw these people who were clearly ex-veterans who's, who've seen, who's seen war and who is haunted by what they saw and who are just walking through the streets screaming at people that's not there. And it's it's incredibly sad to see that because I think one of the things that I picked up from everything you spoke about, uh, Darko, is you miss humanity. You miss people just being human to one another. I think, I think the world has gotten very, very cold. Um, I had a conversation related to to something completely different, but it, it boiled down to this with my wife earlier. And I can see that she gets frustrated, angry, and sad about the fact that what I'm saying is that we even have to have conversations about things like that, where it's like, but it's not right. It's like, I know it's not right, but it is what it is. It, it, is, it is the reality that we live in and, and that we've kind of sort of created for ourselves and we don't know how to walk this back. We don't know how to fix this. And we're and instead of, it's it's like the earth, you know, the whole earth is ill. The planet itself is extremely ill and we're not walking it back. We're kind of just saying, seeing how far we can push it before it's going to be like, all right, doomsday clock is going to be set because we're at that point of no return anymore. And like, we don't want to get there. I don't know why we're just, everybody's running toward a cliff at a million miles an hour and not seeing that there's a cliff right there you can't this is not going to work this is not sustainable almost nothing we do these days is sustainable the way we live the expectations that's placed upon us the expectations we place on ourselves because I mean darker I can hear that you're blaming yourself for a lot of things that's a lot of it's out of your control um but we we do that every time like I do something and I say something I beat myself up to the point where I I'm useless to myself and to anybody else. And then I'm like, oh, now I'm gonna beat myself up about that because see what you did? Yeah. <laughs> now you've got yourself into this. Now you're lying on the bed with your eyes closed and you're good to nobody. So it's like, yeah. what the hell? And you need to ask yourself that, that age old question. If If a friend asked you this, what would you have told them? And you're like, well, I wouldn't have given them this advice, I would have told them something completely different. And it's like, so why the hell are you treating yourself like you're, why are you your own worst enemy? Um, So, yeah, I don't know. I I think what I take from this conversation is just that life is, is rough. It's hard. It's too fast. And we're too hard on ourselves. But overall, we're just missing just decent, just common humanity between people understanding that each person, I think this comes up a lot when people talk about um, like prostitutes on, on the street, sex workers. That's someone's daughter that is just in a position in their lives where they that's, this is the only thing they have left to literally sell to try and get themselves to a better position. I saw a thing last night where this woman literally just wanted to get herself and her child off the streets and into a home. And this is the only, nobody will give her a job. This is the only thing she has. This is the only means to make money. She doesn't want to do this. She doesn't enjoy this. This is it. This is all. And it's, she just wants the humanity of people understanding that I'm not doing this by choice. I'm not a bad person. I am in a horrible situation that you don't want to be in and I don't want you to be in. But this is where I am and I'm doing the, the best I can. I'm putting on a smile with my child's in the room and when she leaves, I cry because I know what I have to go to do tonight so that we can eat tomorrow. It's, you know, it's that thing. It's a, this humanity of seeing people for who they are and realizing it's a, it's a dad, it's a, it's a partner. It's a friend. Like you said, it's a brother, it's a sister, just like you, just like the person next to you. And they deserve the same respect, the same, um, what is the word? Uh, compassion, as you do, and maybe sometimes you have to stop and ask: Is this the way I'd be, want to be treated? And if the answer is no, then you should probably rethink what you're doing, and how you're treating other people.
0: Yeah, one thing that I I've had to kind of really learn as part of my own journey. I think it's very topical because, you know, I'm kind of seeing like, okay, we're, we're probably an hour and a half in and, you know, we probably need to start thinking about like closing up and, you know, then internally I'm like, shit, is, is this, is you know, is this, is, is this how we're going to close it? You know, like everything's fucked and everyone's fucked and everyone's just wants humanity, but no one's getting in any humanity. And also, by the way, therapy is so expensive and you probably can't afford it. Um, and But I, I do think as well, one thing that I had to learn as part of my own journey is kind of making room for those things and not wanting to pull it back and be like, all right, let's give some hot tips. You know, what can you do for your mental health? Like, you know, take some nice relaxing baths, do self-care or whatever, and just be like, everything is fucked and like, like – I'm in a bad space. The world has gone to shit. And just letting that be for a moment and allowing that to exist. Um, And I think maybe this is also, for me, a space where I need to also just be like, yeah, I probably also need a bit of a kick in the butt to just take up my therapy sessions again. Um, so if that's the only thing that comes from this like like i'm gonna it's called, i'm gonna ask you to hold me accountable to that, but I think there's also something to be said where um you know I don't know if any of you guys are familiar with chris hedges um and he actually he did a thing recently where he kind of i think spoke about this and he said, you know, like the most logical and reasonable response. State of being in 20 in, in, in this day and age is in a state of mourning um, as a human that is part of humanity in this day and age. Any other state of being is insane at this point. Um, and, and, and sometimes I also wonder whether a, a lot of people are just more finely attuned to these things and, and have a harder time compartmentalizing it. And we kind of just experience that sense of mourning and the, that sense of hopelessness and you know frustration. Just like we're just able, not able to compartmentalize it as much, and to and then we think like, okay, there's something wrong with me. You know, like I my brain isn't working properly. And, you know, there's something to be said about that. You know, there are parts of my brain that are just like apeshit crazy. Um, and like, I like, and there's a reason like, and, and like, like some of the meds I take, like really has made me a much more functional human being. But I think there's also parts of that, that you should be careful to, um, pathologize and, and not be like, you know, like, there is reason to feel hopeless. There is reason to be upset and feel distraught. Um, but I think, you know, like maybe from a stoic perspective or whatever, but where do you go from there? Which I guess is the follow up question, not how do you convince yourself that things aren't desperate and things aren't severe and and insane, but like what, given that and you allow that to be, where do you go from there? Um yeah, I guess that's maybe a, a, like as good of a place to end as, as any. But I, I, I bring this up a lot. And it's like whenever you talk about something like this, there's, there's just so many things that untangle when you start talking about it that there's never any logical place to kind of just wrap it up and tie a bow and say like, cool, the end of conversation. Um, and like I, I said the same when I did my my DevConf talk. On mental illness as well is that you know like it's it's pretty much like how much time is there that's how long we're going to talk because it, you never reach a conclusion because it's, it's just it's so much to unpack um but yeah i don't know like is it, like maybe we should start like closing things up i, I don't know skulk whether they or or darker whether there's anything else you guys would be keen to maybe just touch on before then
1: um yeah, listen. I think I think the world social media is playing a pretty big, big part in that whole disconnect and whatever, and culture wars and us against them and you know whoever else it is. Um, but then, similarly, the things that don't drive advertising clicks and clickbait and shit is the good things that people do, and. You know, sensationalism sells stories, and unfortunately, Google has monetized the internet, and that's 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 what basically drives people to click on articles, and then that's kind of drives that hate and frustration. But I think a lot of good as well. If you ignore it, there was shit when our parents were growing up as well. I mean, nuclear war, AIDS, um, all sorts of shit. Right? My parents lived through a civil war. And went to a country that they didn't understand, just to raise two kids. So they made it, you know, um, like, yeah, they had their own shit. But where i i I've never been the person to self harm or anything like that as much as as much as I've had sort of deep what if thoughts in my head, you know, um like, like I like I'm, I'm you know I'm 40 how much longer do I have to work before I can stop working and just enjoy my life and shit you know and and in the end um I like I I'd always been like okay but like That'll be easy, but then I'm going to miss all this other shit. Like I'm going to miss the first day that I get my Porsche or I'm going to miss the first day that like I see my kid go to school and, you know, and then what – if you if you remove the cliche default answers, like, you know, I live for my family, I do all this other stuff, I what I've – one session, it wasn't with, with Psych Central, but it was – It was another, uh, more of a, um, like a, like a facilitator, just like um, a person that listened, you know, like a a life coach, a life coach, that's the term. And she told me that what I do is I try and keep um, the inner child happy. And I think everybody does that to an extent, but, I see that little boy, you know, um, and often I'll see pictures of myself as as that little boy. And like, I was like, that guy had dreams, you know, he wanted to do some cool things. And, and I do it for him. I do it for him, you know, uh, how I treat other people, the things I buy myself, the experiences I have with my daughter and my girlfriend, I do it for him. And that fills me with. With just contentment that he'd be happy for me, you know, if he knew, right? Like Marty, 1985, Marty would be happy for like 1955, Marty, like that sort of stuff. So I ultimately have better or I feel a lot better about a lot of things knowing that 1994 me would be like, fuck yeah, man, it's cool. Like, I can't wait to get to you. That's 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 kind of my ultimate sort of driving driving force, yeah.
0: <laughs> Jeez, that's amazing. I'm and I'm not saying this to to kind of just like be polite or whatever. That is really amazing. I'm going to keep that with me for a
2: while. Yeah. No, that's yeah.
0: such a great that's such a great approach. yeah
2: I don't have anything to add to that. I think it's, it's Oh crazy. no. I was hoping you can like
0: make sense of <laughs> like tie up this whole mess. Um, but no, like this was, yeah, I, I can, I can give it a go. I can give it a go. Um, uh, I've, I've, uh, I've tied up some bad code in my life. So like, I can probably tie up the last hour as well. Um, yeah. Like this is good. This, this is really good. I, I think despite like whether this is a good episode for mental health in tech or not, you know, like for me just as a person kind of like being part of this, this was this is really good at, I think it was a like a good experience now. And yeah, I, I think like, it's, it's also just a bit of a reminder for myself that I need to like, seriously think about taking up like my therapy sessions and stuff again. And yeah, like, uh, I, I think I'll, I'll also see where that goes. Um, yeah. Thanks guys. Um, yeah. I, I hope you guys have a, have a great evening and I don't know, skull. There's nothing you want to add darker. I don't know if there's anything you want to add in closing. Um, i talked too much no that was amazing you're like i'm literally thinking we should probably do a part two but um yeah we'll we'll give you some time to recover um but yeah cool Let, let's end that there thanks guys this was really really great and yeah we'll, we'll chat again soon
2: thanks gents have a good weekend thank you for having me yeah thanks so much Docker. this was this was good